0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is WEEI Late Night with K.J. Carson on
3: WEEI. Uh, I'm really not too, too concerned about that. I mean, there have been many years where we haven't had titles. I don't even know what titles we've had or not had. It doesn't really make any difference to me. It's, that's not the point of it. We have jobs to do and, and um, our staff works well together. Again, there are a lot of people that are involved in, in uh, all three phases of the game. Uh, ultimately, I'm responsible for all of it. So if you want to ask who's in charge, then it would be me because I have the final say in every area. So that's, that's the way it's been and I don't really see that changing.
1: Picking up a master plan, Belichick is, of how to get the offensive coordinator job back into his own hands. It's late night with KJ. This hour brought to you by the cleanup and restoration specialist at ServPro. Belichick on Patriots Monday this morning with Greg Hill saying, look, at the end of the day, I'm responsible for all the play calling. I have the final say in every area. Translate, if it's a disaster Friday... You won't have a whole lot of questions to ask over the the, the the two weeks leading up to the first game. Belichick will no longer say that it's a competition if it looks bad Friday. And I don't blame him because at some point you have to take the narrative back. Especially if, you know, I'm kind of kind, I gave the offense a B, but going up against second and third defenders for the Panthers who, I don't know, Vegas doesn't think they'll even win six games. Really, how impressive is it? So there's this thing called Pro Football Reference. I check it out from now and again. But I noticed something when it says other notable assistants under the Patriots. Joe Judge is quarterbacks and offensive assistant. Matt Patricia is offensive line and senior advisor. Uh-oh. Could Belichick be telling us that it was supposed to be Joe Judge's job and Matt Patricia beat out the quarterbacks, coach? To help out the said quarterback? Belichick's thinking of a master plan. How to get that offensive coordinator position back in his hands. Because just three days ago, it was an ongoing process. So when you make the statement, or Belichick makes the statement, look, at the end of the day, it comes down to me, duh, we already know that. But it almost feels like after Friday, which would be the 26th, from the 27th to the 11th, you'll hear less about who's running the offense and Belichick stepping in to do it. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. KJ Late Night here on WEI. Still to come, we'll talk about how Brady's now back at camp and the, the Raiders story and things that are... It, it, it's even crazier. That's still to come. Red Sox as well. Look. This season for the Patriots, it's really only one thing. It's not try to get back to the playoffs. I think that's a unmanageable expectation, the way the division and the way the entire conference is set up. Patriots may be the 12th team out of all the teams, out of 16 in the AFC West, I mean, in the entire AFC. There's some growth happening in other places where you thought there would be some stumbling. See Pittsburgh, where, oh, it may be a lot tougher for the Patriots in games that they were going to have some pretty tough competition I'm like, on an equal plane. And now you wonder, hmm, does it get even better? So the whole season really is about the development of Mac Jones. And you're like, okay, well, where, do you, where do you develop Mac Jones to? I'll get to that here in about five minutes. But here's Belichick this morning on Greg Hill's show talking about is it is it tough to switch play calling duties between Joe Judge and Matt Patricia during these preseason games?
3: Uh, well, I'm not going to take anything away from um, Charlie or Josh or Billy O'Brien or or anybody. That's not the point. But no matter who the play caller is in any area, offense, defense, or special teams, there are other people that are you know a part of that. So, uh, for example, Dante you know, had a lot of input into the running game and the protections, um, you know. The receiver coaches would have input into the routes that we were calling based on the way that the corners or safeties were playing. And and the quarterback, you know, when he came off, we'd talk about those things after the series. And, and, you know, when you see the coaches or the coaches and players working on the sideline, that's exactly what we're doing. And we're preparing to uh, call the next, The next series of plays. Um, And and ultimately, somebody will make that call. Um, And as I said, I would have the final say on that. So if there's something that I didn't want to call, we wouldn't call it. Or something I did want to call, then we would call it.
1: Let me break it down to a say of a back to school scenario and why Belichick is talking about all the cooks in the kitchen, but not how the menu is laid out. Because that's what people are talking about. How is the menu going to be laid out? And who's going to determine. Uh, besides Belichick, because you again you got to present the menu, so of course you're getting ready for back to school and you're getting you're getting these kids the school clothes or what have you and so forth. But back in the day, and some may remember this, Joe. Thank you for being here tonight. You may be too young to remember this, but maybe this is one one. I don't know. I finished school when I needed to. You would sometimes game plan your outfits based on when you knew a girl you were checking for was going to come by your locker. She might have gym. Second period. So you knew when to wear your flyest outfits so that way she could say, I like that Reebok combination with the color stripe, pinstripe, Lee jeans. That's the play calling. Now, dad bought the jeans. Dad bought the sneakers. Mom had an input on, you know, how many pairs I could get and, you know, when I was going to wash them. Yeah, that's only really great. When it comes down to what's going on in your face, who's calling the play? And if Belichick has to say at the end of the day, I'm responsible for it, then you really don't have a winner in this Joe Judge or Matt Patricia competition. And Belichick has the perfect out. There's no fourth preseason game. Everybody's going to have to shut up about who's doing what and what's doing who after the 26th, come the 27th after that Raiders game. Belichick could say, well, you know, at the end of the day, I told you everything comes back to me. So now you, it could go from process over, Nobody ever announced, and Belichick as the the lead play caller. You won't see any preseason games to determine who's calling what or who's getting a feel of what. There'll be nobody. You can't ask any questions. At practice, you're not going to know. And that's a little bit of genius on Belichick's part, right? Like, because... The next preseason game is the last game you're going to see the Patriots compete against another team for what? 14 days? <sighs> Nothing to answer. But I also wonder if it's a sign of just how bad things are going. Taquan Thornton, out six weeks, eight weeks, maybe even ten weeks. This is the draft pick that Belichick, you know, look, Mac probably needs a stud receiver. I understand with Nikhil Harry, you you went in the first round, you got one, you want to wait to the second round. I think that's because people have all been screaming, like, well, look what you missed in Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf. You can't compare opportunities and environments from place to place. How Debo Samuel thrives, because think about it. Debo Samuel's thriving under a, watch this, an offensive-minded coach. So you have more creative things in place. This is why I said, why wasn't there some type of vetting process of getting some type of young creative mind that specializes in offense and can come and be under the auspices of Bill, who knows what they're doing instead of all this crap and mess that everybody's discussing about what is it like flipping a coin head or tails when it comes to who's going to be the offensive coordinator for this half of the preseason game. This all goes back to what I said back in February. How are you going to get a quarterback who did very well last year as a rookie to get to that next level without having some type of immediate coach who's going to have that input? Now, if if the idea is to not carry three quarterbacks and Brian Hoyer gets cut and becomes part of the coaching staff, then there's a bit of brilliance there. Because I would say if you gave me Matt, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, or Brian Hoyer To be the offensive coordinator and play caller? Give me Hoyer all day. But we won't know that until you get down to cuts and so forth and all these different things. And despite how good Zappy looks, you just don't know if he's the number two quarterback that Bill wants to keep. But something has to be done because, uh, you know, I mean, whose decision if it was all on Bill? And he says it's all on him. Then why weren't we seeing any of these players play in the first game? Why was there no Mac Jones in the first preseason game? What's going on with Kendrick Bourne, your best receiver towards the end of last year, the one who Mac was able to get plays at every level on the field? Is Nelson Aguilar really seeing more time because he takes up more money space and you know you have to play him now? It's like a, you know, should I stay or should I go moment with this guy, right? If he has a great year, well, guess what? He can put that tape and go get more money from elsewhere and you you don't want to stay but if he has a bad year then it's been a complete bust so you have to work with it it's just fascinating what's going on 617-779-7937 text line 37937 mac jones look i'm concerned that as you're transferring or trying to create this new offense or a modification of what's existed well, the guy just learned this offense last year. And so the question would be, well, why would you just go with the offense that you already knew, that he's already learned, and try and make it work? I mean, if that's if you're going to have Joe Judge and Matt Patricia in there, like, they're innovators on the offensive side of the ball. I, I, I never knew that according to what they did when they were the head coach of their teams. Because if Belichick is saying – all that responsibility falls on me, then that's the same situation with Matt Patricia in Detroit and their results, despite he wasn't the offensive coordinator, and Joe Judge, despite him hiring Jason Garrett to be his offensive coordinator, and Jason Garrett's supposed to be good at offensive coordinating better than he is as a head coach, and that was a disaster.
3: So I have the final say in every area.
1: In every area. You know... Special teams, absolutely. Defense, absolutely. Offense, yeah. You know, Belichick has had success in the past where there was no, quote, named head coordinator, but he also had a couple of guys, like in Vinny Testaverde and Brian Sipe, I believe it was, who were quarterbacks. When he got there, these were guys who were already established in the league and knew what they were seeing and knew how to make adjustments, so much so, I mean, testaverdi would come back around in Belichick's life when he's working with Parcells with the Jets. You don't have that type of veteran back there right now. You know, some people have the ability to just go out there and do it like Lamar Jackson. You may argue, okay, you don't need to have this guy in the room all the time because he's going to make adjustments in-game that you really cannot teach your scheme for. This team, for Mac Jones, you need to show every single scheme. You need to have every type of tutor You need to have, this is why I think where if Matt Patricia's in there to say, hey, these are your deficiencies and these are your tendencies on offense, what I see from the defensive end, that's great. You should be an advisor, not the offensive coordinator. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. It's KJ Late Night here on WEEI. Get your calls in. We'll talk more about the Patriots and what they're looking like moving forward. Uh, what does Mac Jones have? If you're, you're going to do on comp of Mac Jones, I've got one in front of me that's realistic, and it, it also ties into his money down the road. That's next. But right now it's time to trend with Joe. The
2: Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10.
3: Now, here's what's trending on WEEI.
2: Well, trending on WEI and WEI.com, the New England Patriots are currently in Las Vegas as they are hosting joint practices with the Las Vegas Raiders before they square off in their preseason finale on Friday night in Allegiant Stadium. The Patriots also announced that rookie receiver Tyquan Thornton suffered a fracture of his clavicle. He's expected to be out at least eight weeks. Also, the Patriots are shopping starting right tackle Isaiah Wynn, this according to Sports Illustrated's Burt Breer, excuse me, Wynn hasn't played in any preseason games this year and is currently on the last year of his rookie contract, making $10.4 million was a 2018 first-round pick of the New England Patriots. The Red Sox get back to action tomorrow night from Fenway as they take on the Blue Jays' first pitch at 7-10 on the Shaws and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Shaws and Star Market perfecting the art of fresh. And according to reports from Chris Catillo. It will be Josh Winkowski getting the start as Nathan Valdi has hit the injured list with a trap issue. And for the Blue Jays, it'll be Ross Stripling. And don't forget to join Mutt for the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 610. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts adventure at MA. Dot com. And make sure you tune in tomorrow and Wednesday for the Nesson weei Jimmy Fun Radio Telethon, as we'll talk to celebrities and athletes including Mac Jones, Brad Stevens, Dana White, Garrett Whitlock, New Bruins head coach Jim Montgomery, Mark Wahlberg, Guy Fieri, and many more. The Jimmy Fun from Nessun and WEEI. And finally, according to Sham Sharania, the Memphis Grizzlies have reportedly stepped up their efforts to acquire Kevin Durant for... From the Brooklyn Nets, they have five first-round picks that they could offer, and the reports is that Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain are off limits. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on Wei and Wei.com.
0: Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports.
2: That clock at four. Doncic.
0: See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.
1: If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modella. If you've persevered through... deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more
0: reps, two more.
1: You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the Markable Fighter. trick responsibly, beer imported by Crownley Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: And what I referred to at that point in time was what what happened in the offseason which is, you know, all that we can evaluate and I would say that um, you know, Mac, Mac worked very hard in the offseason on all levels physically um, and understanding our offense, understanding defense just putting things together uh, as did, you know, all of our second year players. I think we saw that from, from the entire group but uh, the following week so that's you know, that's just part of the process that we're in. It's not gonna go out there the first first few days and have everything fall into place. It's that's just unrealistic.
1: Yeah. Late night W E E I KJ hanging out with you. That's Belichick talking on the growth of Mac Jones. It's it's kinda of funny He says With all of our second-year players. Okay, only one of your second-year players is the quarterback of the team and really the only asset right now on the offensive side of the ball. The defense has plenty of assets, I believe. The offensive side of the ball asset, which is going to be the next big chapter in the book of Belichick in this story with the Patriots. Look, I'm not going to compare Mac Jones to Tom Brady at all just from the genesis of everything, right? Brady was passed over. (laughs) three, four, four, five, six times, Mac Jones was going to be a first-rounder. In fact, someone even had hinted that Mac Jones might have actually gone to San Francisco and not Trey Lance. So you can't tell me those are the two same pedigrees coming out, even though I thought that Brady was more of a gamer at Michigan. Uh, I have ties back to the university. What up, Tripp Wellborn, those guys, stuff like that. That Mac Jones was part of this huge system. Right. Mac Jones' entire starting offensive line and defensive line at Alabama. They're probably all running around the NFL now. That was not the case with Brady. So I don't do the Mac Jones Brady whisperer. I I don't buy it at all. It's very hard to can't tell you something. Usually the the one who tends out to be the greatest of all time at something has to come through something. I I don't see that with Mac Jones. I just think he's a just very serviceable quarterback. Greatness, Ah. all-star, okay, all-pro, sure. Great, ah. So who do I compare Mac Jones to? I'll tell you a couple of comps that exist. Mac Jones and this established NFL quarterback, the established quarterback has a completion rate of 65%. Mac Jones is 67.6. The passer rating of this established quarterback is 92.4. Mac Jones is 92.5. Yard average per throw, 7.1 for this established quarterback, 7.3 for Mac Jones. Established quarterback throws for 249. Let's call it 250 yards a game. Mac Jones, 223. And as I've been saying, that you're going to want more out of Mac because that's the development of him. So Joe Braverman, my producer tonight, can you guess who I'm comparing Mac Jones to? I'll give you one guess shot in the dark.
2: I mean, shot in the dark, what it sounds like with the 250 pass yards would be Lamar Jackson, but we know Lamar, like Mac, has no shot at running like Lamar Jackson.
1: So. Yeah, you didn't hear me say running numbers. It's not Lamar Jackson. It's actually Derek Carr. Derek Carr. And here's what's even more amazing for those who are into the budgetary things of football. When Mac Jones is due for his next deal as a uh, after his rookie deal, his next deal is up the same year that Derek Carr's current deal expires where he's getting 40 million a year. So when you've heard me say Mac Jones is going to get 40 million dollars a year, this is why. We're looking at the kind of the beginnings of a Derek Carr. Now you might say, "Oh, he's better than Matt Derek Carr." I'm like, "You can't say that off of one year of, of evidence. I'm just telling you right now after Mac's first year, he's very comparable. So there has to be growth. There cannot be, well, Mac has done well. He's looked good in the offseason. You know, he's working well with teammates. No, he's got to get those wins because at this rate, he's going to have the better QB record than Derek Carr. Derek Carr was on some horrible teams. Derek Carr is fifty seven and seventy over his career. Mac Jones is ten and seven. So you would already say that a guy who's seven years in at about eight wins, about eight wins a season, Mac's pretty much got to come to come with about eight wins per season at this point. Now you say, huh, eight eight wins per season with what he's got around him? Now it almost makes sense why Josh McDaniels bolted to Vegas. Now, granted, uh, were there like all these open jobs, but he would probably say, you know what? Derek Carr is in more advanced situation than Mac Jones with what I worked with last year. So can I apply some of the, uh, well, let's call it the study habits, if you will, right? Because Derek Carr is more of the gunslinger. I would give the the mental acumen a little edge to Mac Jones, right? But Derek Carr, if you could get him that mental acumen that Mac Jones has, well, I would say Derek Carr has a better physical ability than Mac Jones does.
2: Don't forget the weapons that Vegas has. I would say Adams is... Despite
1: the weapons, yeah, I'm
2: looking more. at everything because
1: these numbers for Derek Carr do not have Devontae Adams in them. He doesn't appear in them. So it's not like, well, he's got Devontae Adams. No, he didn't have him last year. I'm talking about where they stand now. Mac Jones is Derek Carr. Now, if you're going to say, well, look at the weapons he has, well, now you're, talking a converse, you're having a conversation about what ownership or general managers are willing to do to make the team better. But I think this guy named KJ has been saying that for year two, you need to get Mac Jones, an established receiver, that's probably a declining one that's starting to become somewhere close to a two. That would be a one on this team. You know, Maybe you make a run at an A.J. Green to see, like, okay, do you make a move to go get him, get him in the locker room? You're not expecting 90 receptions from him, but if you get 75 solid receptions and, say, 20 of those receptions lead to changing points of the game throughout the season and responsible for an additional two or three wins, it's worth the money and the underproduction. He's not going to give you 120 receptions. But, you're not, but you also know that this franchise is not going to pay for someone like a Devontae Adams to come in and change the franchise around. But I would say, was there an attempt at someone? Because if there's this beef now between Kendrick Bourne and management and what's going on, and now you're starting to hear about, like, okay, you're just going to start getting rid of pieces, like maybe Isaiah wins on the way out. You're going to get rid of part of your line, and you saw how porous the line was at times. You, you're, maybe you're getting rid of your best receiver from the end of last year. Your 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 second round pick is out with a, a a broken clavicle before they step on the field for a real game. Ask any if you know an NFL player. Ask him when was the healthiest day in their career. The first thing they tell you was the, the day before they played their first game. So if you're out with a broken broken clavicle before you even play in your first real game, you're walking into the league now officially damaged goods. If you're Tyquan Thornton, it's just what it is, and so. Look, Derek Carr finally got the receiver that he wanted and knows well, who's established themselves as a A1 stud in this league, and we'll see how these things turn out. Do I think that the Raiders are shooing for the playoffs? No, very tough AFC West. But my goodness, at least you'd have to game plan for <laughs> Devontae Adams. Who do you have to game plan for if if you're playing the Patriots this year? In terms of the receiving core. Who? Oh. And to me, that is part of the stifling of what Mac Jones's growth could be. So if you have some veteran receiver in here who can who can provide quality receptions, show how routes are, are run perfectly, how to make adjustments when things break down, all these things that guys are still learning in that wide receiver room. But I mean, I've been known to like the Goodwill shop. What, what, what? That's what Belichick has been doing. And I don't, I get it because it's part of the control. You know, if I, if I to put you, take you back in one point of time, because here in about 15 minutes, I'll get into some numbers for MGM, give you a chance to parlay a million dollars, another one, two million dollars. When Tom Brady only asked for Antonio Brown, that's all he wants. Just give me Antonio Brown and we'll make it work. That's why I'll get into that in a second. Something just crossed my head about Julian Edelman. When Antonio Brown joined the Patriots, Vegas turned and made the Patriots the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl in the year that Kansas City would go on to win the Super Bowl. Of course, you know, you you know what ended up happening with Antonio Brown. That one move. Just one made them the favorites but now it's like okay how I could Julian Edelman get away with probably doing this whole I might come back for five years does any player tell you that if you a couple years you've been away from the game yeah your body heals but it takes that one shot it hasn't been used to taking those shots and Jules was taking shots and that oh gosh oh that cam Newton year bless him I was thinking like man this guy Thank God this guy's not playing on like artificial turf like back in the day. This guy would be carted out. He's just getting worn out. And you want to bring him back to this now? No. Why didn't this team go get a legit receiver? Not breaking the bank, but go get a legit receiver who can lead the wide receiver locker room, give Mac Jones confidence in saying, that guy right there is a pro. I've seen him do it. People know who's seen he's doing it. People are telling me how great that addition will be for you. It's going to help you. And it's going to be that other coach you need on the field when things are breaking down. Or that play sheet that Ticonderoga pencil or military man has in his hand calling plays. Is it really about the development of Mac Jones or are we now in full on... I'm Bill, and I'm the leader. I think it's the latter. You know, there's – I mean, Tyquan Thornton's going to help, what, starting week eight? Because keep in mind, if he's out eight weeks and we're still, what, three weeks away from the start of the season. So he comes in maybe week five, week six.
2: Yeah, timeline says, like, Halloween or, like, beginning of November.
1: Yeah, let's call it, like, next year, end of December. Cleanup games. Because then you're gonna have to wonder, like, okay, is he at game speed? You wouldn't even he wouldn't even know what game speed is at this point because he hasn't been in the game. So you just can't throw him out there and hope for. You just have to say this guy's gonna have to develop, and we'll just have to see probably towards the end of the year. In that brutal part of the schedule where I think it's like a Sunday game and they got a Thursday game four days later, then their next following week game is on a Thursday. Then they got to spend time and figure out not come home between Arizona and the Vegas game, and you're going to do all that with a team that's just that's still trying to figure out who's going to be the person who lays out the clothes before school the night before, huh? Yeah, I I tried to give it a chance to get better seemingly, and it seems like it's not getting better. It seems like it's getting messier. Here's Belichick. He was on this morning with Greg Hill for Patriots Monday. You get some fascinating stuff. You'll hear stuff from Matt Judon as well here during the show. Here's Belichick on not having as much time to get ready because of the lack of a fourth preseason
3: game. Uh right. Well, that's you know that's a good question, uh, Wiggy, and just in terms of the number of practices and as you mentioned one less preseason game, uh, which is actually three less preseason games than when I first started coaching in the NFL. Um, It's just less opportunities for the players in games, less practice opportunities, and less game opportunities. It's the same for everybody, uh, but it just generally forces you to make decisions with less information than we've had in the past. I'm not saying it's good or bad, it's just it is what it is. What we'll do for the game, honestly, we haven't even talked about. I think as we get through this week we'll take a closer look at that on Wednesday and, and then you know decide what, what we feel is best based on how practice has gone. The physical condition of our of our players or individual player might be a part of that consideration and make a decision at that point.
1: Wow. I heard the word less a lot. I'm a big believer in like what you speak into existence is what you tend to get if you believe that you have less time and less chances and less opportunities and and, and smaller room, you will end up with the smaller room and less opportunities and less and less and less. Where you could, this is, if you know you have one less game, less time to prepare, then why wouldn't you go get more guys, I don't know, who may be prepared to do this? Your rookie second rounder, who a lot of people have hoped for, my gosh, blazing speed. His hands are better than what they say it is. His bones are frail. Frail. And now you're going to, now this person who has less time to prepare for the preseason, who now has to rehab a clavicle, right? It's one thing if it's a tweaked ankle or something like that because, you know, your hands, you still make. You you still catch your ball. You still catch the ball with your hands, or well, with your eyes first, and then your hands. But if you're working on the mechanisms that's just going allow you to just do your job, I don't care how fast you are. I got a family member that you know was uh, won gold medals as a track star, got to the NFL. Everything fell in front of him. Didn't matter. It's like Ronaldo. There are no there are no hurdles out here. It's the ball. And so that's why I've always said, you know, you can tell me about someone's speed all day, and I'll tell you about Ronaldo Nehemiah back in the day. The best ability in this league is availability. And if you're not available, it don't matter. Which makes me wonder, like, okay, so what's the story with Kendrick Bourne? Do do we see some type of big reveal if Kendrick Bourne doesn't play in the third preseason game? Is he is he on his way out? And, and and again, I ask all of this because, like, how does this help Mac and his growth to become at least Derek Carr? When there's already some things that are in place that says, you know what, hey, he's a little bit better than Derek Carr, or just as good in some things already. Because Mac needs to throw the ball more for this team to compete. That's that's just that's just going to be the case.
2: So you're That's saying why. if if Max struggles, then it's on the coaching staff rather than him taking a step back absolutely, just by himself? Absolutely. If
1: Belichick says, all this falls on me with the offensive coordinator stuff, if your quarterback struggles, it's on you too. Because are you preparing him? Are you giving him the right tools? Are you giving him opportunities on the field to be able to say, if I need to make an improvisation, is there somebody out here who can kind of rescue me, not name Hunter Henry? That's why you don't see Ramondre Stevenson and uh and Damian Harris running the ball a whole lot. Because they're going to need them. And that's what the whole league knows they want to do. Hey, they're going to run until pe- this is a defense. If they're sitting around to say they're going to have to run the ball down our throats to prove that Mac Jones can beat us with their arm, with his arm. If they can't run the ball down our throats, we feel good about our chances. And it would be an also a way to deflate the defense because you'll have a lot of three and outs. So there's no, there's no worse feeling on defense where as soon as you put your helmet down, you're picking the damn thing right back up. That's how that's how you have halftime fights like the movie Any Given Sunday. What are you doing out there? Can you stay out there? I want a drink of water. That happens when you know that, okay, that you're going to want to run it on first down or you try and do something cute. And I get it in this new development of what you're trying to do in terms of the offense. And that's why I'm not knocking the innovation because – Sometimes you have to try something different. I mean, hell, that's why I'm on late at night. It's something different. But you need to have the tools in place that can be able to execute what you're trying to do a bit different. And if your best receiver from last year who could do it short and intermediate isn't part of the mix, and you didn't make a move to go get a veteran receiver, you know, you'd know, you even say, like, could Julio Jones help this team? Could he? I would say, uh, yeah. Am I expecting 90 receptions from Julio Jones? No. But if something breaks down on a third and seven and Mac has got to scramble and he's got to throw something that's that's the equivalent to a jump ball and Julio Jones is there, how do I feel about that? Oh, thank God Julio Jones is out there. Management didn't go get anything like that. And we're not talking about paying a lot of money for it because that's the thing. If you believe in bill we trust and not the silver dollar but more like the brown penny spending Bill Belichick okay then that fits that that bag right there you're not going to pay a lot of money you'll get something quality you have to manage your expectation on that this is not Julio Jones 2015 showing up this would be Julio Jones a piece of last year and if it and if it gives Mac Jones something to go to that's known fine. Because what I think that does is for other receivers to say, hey, wow, what he was able to do with a declining Julio Jones, because guess what? (gasps) I think Brady's about to do the same thing. If you want to do the Brady comparison. That's where you give Mac Jones the opportunity to grow and show that, hey, if he can bond with an established receiver that's going to be a Hall of Famer, then when it comes time for other receivers to start looking at teams, there's going to be a Julio Jones that can speak on your behalf, even if he's no longer here. Right now, like if you're you're at a wide receiver convention in the NFL, and you have like all these little tables set up, you know, like the little you can get like little pens and you know little notepads at each desk, and you go and sell, why come play for this quarterback? What's the, who's standing at the table for the Patriots that gets other wide receivers to go? Huh? I'm I'll, I'll have to consider that. Ty Montgomery, Nelson Aguilar. These are the people who will be standing at the table selling you on this. No. It's gonna be a tough season. Tough. It's KJ late night WEEI 617-779-7937. The text line 37937. All right, still to come. Brady is back at camp with the Bucks and the Dana White story with Tampa uh, with, with 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 the Raiders. That's pretty interesting. So that's still to come. But next, got a parlay for you in uh, bets to the future where one pays out a million dollars, another one pays out two million dollars. So hang out next here, late night on WEI.
3: Uh, I, think, I think they're very uh, they help you know, they help just uh, getting to see what we got in different schemes and different matchups and uh, I think this is unique because we actually play them during the regular season as well. And so everything is unique in a sense of we got one less we got one less game, but, you know, we get four practices against a opponent, and that's not us and that's not controlled by the coaches or not controlled by, like, this situation because we don't know what they're going to run and they don't know what we're going to run. So uh, it's, it's very unique and I think it's very helpful to seeing who we need on our team and giving some of the guys some opportunities.
1: Late Night WEEI. It's KJ. Thank you so much for hanging out, staying up, listening on the Odyssey app. It's free. Type in WEEI and you're right here. You can play it back. Rewind. That's Matt Judon on Gresham Keefe as part of Patriots Monday. It's back. You know, this season, something is going to be said to you. go like, I can't believe they said that. That's Matt Judon with Gresham Keith today talking about the importance of the joint practices because I think it's almost like a drinking game. You almost want to say like anytime you hear one say there's no fourth preseason game, drink (laughs) like that. I don't know if you should do that between the hours of 10 and 2. You know, the three hour, uh, you know, the three drink lunch. But yes, Patriots Monday, every Monday here on Weei. Yeah, so far in the show, just talking about like, like, look, maybe Mac Jones's development level is somewhere around Derek Carr, and what is management really going to do long term to get him to that? Because when Derek Carr's deal is up, so will Mac Jones, and that's going to be if, if I'm Mac Jones's agent, I don't know if I can. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I should run down to Jimmy Fund and be like, "Hey, Mac, I need to talk about being your agent when you go for your deal." That's the number I'm bringing up is Derek Carr at forty million. Also. Uh, I believe Belichick is really already telling us all right now that it's not going to be Patricia or Judge calling the offensive plays, which, (laughs) okay, I'm okay with that. But Belichick also knows that he has this space of time between after the Raiders game, which would be August 27th through September 11th, to not say anything about who's calling plays, not even saying anything about anything, and just take it over himself. So I'm still waiting for for Governor, Governor, to go ahead and sign the paperwork. Well, he did send it through. Now for all the bells and whistles to be fixed in terms of when gambling can start in Massachusetts and, and really in time for football season. Um, I've been doing this court through Bet BetMGM since last year where had a s- segment called the Squid Games. I don't know, Joe, you weren't here at the time, but one of my Squid Games, a, like a five-leg parlay, hit for $1.7 million. Now, you were like, well, how, how does it feel to win $1.7 million? The idea is... I'm not here to wait, win the money. I'm here to win you the money. So it's it's the ultimate service. It's better than being a preacher. It's better than being a politician. Is winning people money. So this feature is about betting futures in the NFL, which are a lot of fun. So hit it, Joe.
2: You're up right now. Ride it out. What's your money in your mouth is. You mean bet?
0: Yeah. How about ten? Seems a little steep, but ten thousand. Not ten thousand. Ten dollars.
1: Future. all right there are three different groups i'm going to give you one is called the afc east storyline the second one will be how the div- divisions finish and the third is a super bowl parlay combo all guaranteed to pay out a lot of money if they hit so the first one the afc east storyline how about this Bet that the Bills will win all six of their divisional games. It's tough for me to say that, but that could be a very real possibility. Plus 300. However, Buffalo loses in the AFC title game, and that would just be so Buffalo. Plus 350. Miami wins over eight and a half games. I think they do, but they won't make the playoffs. Plus 110. Patriots start 0-4. Oh. It's a possibility Pittsburgh doesn't look as bad as one thought. Plus 500. Patriots win under seven and a half games. I Convince me that they win games beyond the Lions, the Jets twice, the Bears, and Cleveland. Tell me who else they beat on their schedule. That's five games. So Patriots under seven and a half games plus 155. And the Jets with the least amount of wins. I say they only get two wins this year. Bears, Seahawks. I think they lose to the Lions. I think they lose to the Jags. Plus six fifty. Play the AFC East storyline. A one hundred dollar pay play will pay out four hundred thirty three thousand six hundred fifty five bucks. So that's a six leg parlay that can get you over four hundred thousand dollars. All right. How will the divisions finish? This is. Order first to last, okay? AFC East, Bills first, Dolphins second, Patriots third, Jets fourth. BetMGM has that at plus 240. For the AFC North, they have no bet line at Bet MGM, and I understand why. The AFC South take the Colts to finish first, the Titans to finish second at plus 115. And in the West, interesting, but take this chance, Chiefs first, Broncos second, Chargers third, Raiders fourth, plus 700. Why do you say that, KJ? Because the Broncos have a losing schedule to play off of for this year so they get some favorable opponents. I believe the Broncos will be the second seed in the West, in the AFC West, the second-best team. So Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. If you take how the divisions will finish in the AFC, a $100 parlay will get you a payout of $5,748. So, Broncos yeah,
2: pick mean, are your Super Bowl, right, aren't they?
1: Broncos are my pick to win the AFC championship, yep. So that's why I I think that's who ends up beating the Colts. I mean, uh, the Bills in the AFC Championship game. In the NFC, uh, the East looks like this Eagles, one, Cowboys, two, Commanders, third, Giants, fourth. That's a nice plus 500 for something I think is pretty simple, a pretty simple call. In the NFC North, the Packers, first, Vikings, second, Lions, third, Bears, fourth, plus 300. NFC South, take the Bucks first. Saints second, Panthers third, Falcons fourth, plus 135. So that's like what they think. And in the West, I've got a bit of a shocker here. Take the Rams first, the Cardinals second, the 49ers third, and the Seahawks fourth. I am not a believer that Trey Lance is going to do anything great or anything better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the 49ers take a hit. That's at plus 550. So on the NFC alone, a $100 bet would get you $36,560. But if you combine the AFC and the NFC, put hundred dollars down on that whole ten leg, a one hundred dollar payout, a one hundred dollar play would pay out two million one hundred forty three thousand seven hundred and seventy six dollars. So, I I would I I don't think that's a bad parlay for the AFC and NFC. And then the Super Bowl parlay. This is a neat combo that I found. Let's say you you believe that the Buccaneers will win. That's plus 750. The NFC Conference wins. That's plus 105. The winning division would be the NFC South. That's plus 600. The NFC South beats the AFC West. That would be the Broncos uh, losing to the Bucks. 1,600. Or if you think that Buffalo, uh, yep, well, because Buffalo choked, right? And then the winning state of the uh, Super Bowl would be Florida. That's plus 600. A $100 parlay just on this Super Bowl combo would yield $1,451,402.50. Check them out at BetMGM. Bet responsibly if you do. Get ready for an incredible season. And that are your NFL bets to the future. Sure. Sure.